0: Let's pray together.
1: At this moment, Lord, you're teaching us many things about being your children. You're teaching us new ways of how to gather together. You're giving us opportunity to learn new ways to reach out to others. Opportunities and responsibilities, that's not new. Just how we have to do it. So may we be faithful. May we be faithful in our worship this morning. May we come humbly before you, an attitude of prayer and an attitude of expectation. May we come together. Because we have gathered in your name, Lord so that we might bring you praise and glory and honor. In your name we pray, amen. Welcome. Those of you that have braved the holiday weekend, or you just didn't have any place else to go, which? (laughs) We're glad that you're here. And for those of you that are joining us, either by... um, uh, YouTube or Facebook. We're happy you've joined us as well. Uh, we would appreciate it if you haven't made yourself known to us. Chat with some somebody that is online. Let them know how you're doing. Uh, if you've yet to fill out one of our electronic cards, please do that. And for those of you that are here in the room, uh, if you're a first-time visitor with us, you'll find a card in the seat in front of you, so take advantage of that as well. Um, This week, uh, after a one-week experiment with both being physically present and Zooming prayer and Bible study, we've got some conflicts with the use of the building, so we are only going to do prayer and Bible study Tuesday night uh, via Zoom. So join us at 6.30, Uh, did I say Tuesday? What did I say? Oh, okay. That's right, isn't it? Prayer and Bible study. Aren't we doing prayer and Bible Okay, I'm here. It's Sunday. Um, <laughs> tomorrow's Labor Day, Tuesday night. We'll do prayer and Bible study at 6.30 via Zoom. All right. The Restore Network We need your donations for new diapers, pull-ups, and wipes. You can make them in in the yard, in the um, foyer. Next Sunday, if weather cooperates, we are going to meet outdoors. We are going to reserve the lower parking lot for people who have mobility issues and who wish to attend the service in their vehicle. The rest of us will park up here and work our way down. If you don't want to stand the whole time, you're welcome to, but you should plan on bringing a blanket, um, a lawn chair, Um, don't bring something to sleep on. Um, Just, we're not gonna be here that long, just sit on your chair. Um, And if you wish to bring um, some type of pop-up screen that you can sit under. Uh, We think we should have enough shade, um, but you're welcome to do that. Also, we will be utilizing the the sidewalk that comes into the children's entrance as a place, again, for people with mobility issues so that uh, they can have free access to that area, okay? Um, Kathy. All right, we are going to read now from Psalm. 84, would you follow along? O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. Would you join me in an attitude of prayer? Linda Floyd came through her surgery and expects to leave the hospital tomorrow so that's an item of prayer we've got various people in the congregation with either their own health issues or family issues you need to be praying for we have a pastor search support our bored as they go through that with prayer. Other issues that you're facing, as we sang just a bit ago, there isn't something that you and I are facing that heaven doesn't have an answer for, it does. The thing to remember is often it's fellow Christians that provide the direct intervention on behalf of heaven. Keep these things in mind as we pray. On this Labor Day weekend, Lord, we come to you, maybe aware in ways we've never been because of the last six months about all the people who work in order for us to have the lifestyles that we have. It isn't just our jobs that make that possible, it's the jobs of people who stock shelves and harvest crops and and work in meat packing plants and who deliver packages, who work in banks and organize, the financial opportunities and and financial resources that we need lord there there are people who stand in harm's way for us every moment of the day our military in ways that we know and in ways that we don't are at risk our police offer to us opportunities to be cared for and corrected sometimes. The medical staff in our doctor's offices and in our hospitals and in our clinics have put their lives at risk to keep our health priority. Yes, Lord, there are many that are working on our behalf. May we be more appreciative, and may we do that, not just in our thoughts, but in our words, in our actions. May we be more courteous to the people who are At the end of a stressful day and don't give us the service we want in quite the way or time that we wanted lord may we be graceful people to those who work on our behalf in jesus name we pray amen well every year in september there's an alabaster offering and this year uh, the, the funds that are for property and buildings around the world will be used to help as construction materials for word and witness trips. This video will help make that point clearer.
0: Pablina came into the Luque Paraguay Church of the Nazarene an alabaster church that was building her community. A friend who knew her desperate situation invited her to a place of hope, forgiveness, and life. I know that every coin or bill that is placed in this jar is done so with sacrifice, but in doing so in another place, another church, someone will come to know the love of God. I give thanks to God for those who have given sacrificially to the alabaster offering. And thanks to those offerings, today in Paraguay, we have this church, which has been such a blessing to the community and to those who have sought to know Christ. I can testify that the Lord has been faithful. He has taken care of my family and my life. So I want to thank the Lord for this church, because through the Church of the Nazarene, I discovered the ministry where I can serve, and especially Nazarene Missions International, where I have been blessed to serve as local and district NMI president. I have the support of the congregation and the pastors as well, so I serve with great joy in this ministry. Every Sunday, the building is filled with people who come to find hope, forgiveness, and life. Just like the Lord gave it all, what are we willing to give so that the gospel may continue being preached and we may continue sharing the good news of salvation? The Alabaster Offering is very important because it helps to build seminaries, churches and schools where the Word has been preached and many souls come to surrender their lives to the Lord. Alabaster is something we can all participate in with gratitude and love. It is a blessing to serve the Lord in the Church of the Nazarene and also, for the opportunity of being part of a team that works to expand the kingdom of heaven.
1: Find a, you will find a box in the foyer. Please give to this. Now, don't blow this offering off. Don't think that buildings and building materials are something that's not spiritual. When Brenda and I were in Burundi, I got some money uh, to put Mabati, I'm sorry, metal sheets. Mabati is Swahili for duck. And you know how water runs off? Well anyway, that's why metal sheets. And we were looking at how to do that and I we were summoned to a little church. The pastor, Pastor Johanna, the, and I went and we looked. And this building was one of the worst church buildings I've ever seen. You could walk through most of the walls. But a hundred people were gathered in a space not much bigger than this platform and stood for several hours every Sunday to worship. And they wanted to replace their grass with, with this Mabati roofing. We told them no, and they asked how they could participate, and we said, well, you need to get together, and, and they used Adobe Brick to build and, and build a building. They did. And three months later, I attended the opening service of this church in its new building. They had 450 people in attendance. And there were about 200 people outside, simply because people had, like you, had given to helping people in another place have a secure place to worship, gift of this offering. Now, I'm going to rectify something that I have neglected for 50 years. And over 50 years of preaching, I have never addressed Labor Day as a holiday worthy of special thought and consideration. I confess that to you. Um, I'm not going to make up for those 50 years all in one service. So don't worry. But it is still an oversight that needs to be addressed. And part of that is because work is changing the predictions about what is happening um, can be mind-boggling. And and, and in 2003, the government even established a commission, an office for, and titled it, When Work Works. And I was gonna call this sermon that until I found out that this office existed. So I, I changed it to, If Work Works. And we're gonna consider the only complete biblical example and description of work that I could find. We're going to read Proverbs 31, 10 to verse 31. A capable wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of grain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from far away. She rises while it is still light and provides food for her household and tasks for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong and perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows. For all her household are clothed in crimson. She makes herself coverings, and her, her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the city gates, taking his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She pli- supplies the merchant with sashes. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her happy. Her husband too, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a share in the fruit of her hands. And let her works praise her in the city gates. Now, I don't want to make too much of it. But the fact that the most comprehensive statement of work in Scripture is describing a woman should give us pause. And gentlemen, if I'm undermining your situation, I'm not sorry. I have three daughters, and I have tried to instill in them. Brenda did too, but as, as their father, I tried to instill in them that they were the equal of any male, if they wanted to be, and if they needed to be. Now, you know this passage of Scripture is a Mother's Day text, don't you? I've preached this text many times on Mother's Day, but today I wanted to focus us and our thoughts on Labor Day. This woman is a businesswoman. She runs a household business. Now, we can miss this because we use the word household in a completely different way. But for most of human history, the household was the center of the economy. It was the place where production was done, and it was the place where consumption was organized. And this is a description, not only of this woman, but this is a description of a household that is a business. She produces, she sells, she supplies merchants. She is a comprehensive businesswoman. So keep that in mind. This is a structured activity. In fact, Aristotle, now I know you don't read him every day, but Aristotle talks about the household excuse me, being the center of an economy. And he defines a household as a man who owns a wife, who owns children, and who owns slaves. Now clearly, he hadn't read this passage because this woman is at least a full partner in this household business. She produces goods for her family to consume and sells to others. She's likely a a, a woman who goes to the market or sends her staff to the market and trades with others. She invests for the future. The scripture says she laughs at what is to come and she can only do that if she's prepared. She contributes to the wealth of her family. But she also contributes to the wealth of her community she is an example of both sides of labor as we understand it in our society she is practicing productive labor she makes garments she makes sashes she makes things for people to sell her labor results in products but she's also involved in the other side and 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 that's called reproductive labor. And it isn't just about having kids, that's part of it. But reproductive labor are the things that have to happen in order that our society can exist. Teaching kids how to behave, educating them, taking care of people's health, stocking grocery stores, reproducing the life of our society. And and the police would fall under this, EMS, that reproduce the life of our society so that the, re- the productive side can go on full speed. The problem is that while reproductive labor is as vital as productive labor, it has never been rewarded as well. Never. Never. Verse 31 puts that to shame. Give her a share in the fruit of her hands. So now, I've just been reciting the obvious. Now comes the the hard task of mining this text because that's what's required of us. when, When we take Scripture and look at it like this, how do we mine the truth and the principles from this so that it can be applicable to us. We're not living in an economy that is structured by household businesses. We live in a society that is structured by a variety of businesses and a variety of, of different types. And they're from small mom-and-pop shops to the largest corporations. But only 80 years ago, as recently as 80 years ago, most of our agriculture was produced by households. And now even that is a rarity. Now, our capable wife has an optimal situation. She is living at a time and working in a place where her work and her job are the same. Now I want you to follow with me here that jobs and work aren't the same thing. You've gotta have a job. That's what pays the bills. That's how you earn your income. But you also need work. Work fills a a, a missing place in our soul. Work is that creative aspect and that that place of purpose that we, we come to. Some of us, and I have been one of them, some of us, like this capable wife, are blessed where work and job coincide. Many people don't. And so many people go to jobs that are not exciting, that are drudgeries, that they dread doing, but they do it because they need a paycheck. And oftentimes, they don't ever find the work that they need to do with their life. You don't have to get paid for work. You have to get paid for a job. But work, that could be making cards. Work, that could be coaching your, uh, a sport team. Work, that could be teaching a youth Sunday school class. Where do you find purpose and where do you find that kind of reward? That's where you find work. She had them both. So, our capable housewife invested herself in her work, and her family and her society were beneficial because of it. She also had job security. who was gonna replace her? So her work was important and it was secure and she could care for herself and for others. But what about it today? Where's the job security? The sources I'm reading basically lead me to believe that all workers are temporary workers. That no job is secure. Global competition, Corrupt management, bad luck, shifting political winds, unbridled greed, advancing technology, only to name a few of the things that challenge the security of our jobs and how they're structured. And all these things can lead to job elimination and to unemployment. Unemployment. And it doesn't take a pandemic for that to happen. But the pandemic has has increased a fair amount of this. Now, where work works, you find many capable wives. But where work doesn't work, you find pockets of discontent, of desperation and dependency. Jesus was born into a society where work no longer worked. Imperial and local taxes led to a major shift in the years just before Jesus, historians say, a major shift from small farmers to large non-residential landowners around Nazareth. Peasants were forced into immediate poverty. The fortunate peasants could find a trade like carpentry, or fishing, to stave off some of the problems of poverty. This was the world that Jesus was raised in, and this is the world he began teaching in. This is the world that we need to understand when we read the New Testament, that that Jesus is speaking out of a, in the midst of a world situation in which work did not work. These were the people and youth of Nazareth. The very ones who inspired the name of our denomination. Now, Jesus describes addresses this dysfunctional economic situation on multiple occasions. In Mark 7, 11, he is addressing the Pharisee practice of Corbin. Corbin was an old, ancient practice of people showing their commitment and dedication by, by committing their wealth to God for various purposes. By the time of Jesus, the Pharisees had worked it out that they could corrupt this practice, and anyone who would commit their wealth, their resources to, to God through Corbin didn't have to support their parents in their old age. Jesus denounces that, Mark 7:11. In Matthew 20, verses 1 to 16. Jesus tells a parable about a, a, a landowner who went out in the morning to hire laborers to work in his vineyard. And he an hour later he decided that wasn't enough. He went out again. And he went out again. And he went out again all the way to the end of the day, searching for laborers. And then when he and as it was the custom in those days, he paid the laborers off and at the end of the day. And what happened? The guys who had been working all day complained. Because the guys in the afternoon got as much as they did. Now, we correctly interpret this as a parable about the kingdom of god and that salvation can come to us at any stage of life as youth as children or as elderly approaching death jesus reaches out to us god extends grace to us we can be saved don't forget the message also was that the people who weren't hired until the end of the day and the generosity of the landowner deserved a living wage. Matthew 25, Jesus is asked about what are going to be the criteria for judgment at the end of the age. How how is that going to be worked out? And Jesus' response was, Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my, my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. All of these are conditions brought about because work was not working in the time of Jesus. Jesus. Each and every one of these situations that he said were addressed by people of the kingdom were caused because society was not providing adequate work that would support its population. The Bible has a lot to say about economics. We just pretend that it's something else. Remember I told you about Aristotle? Well, the Apostle Paul indirectly, or maybe directly, was correcting Aristotle. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, a, a passage of Scripture that we hold out to describe domestic relationships in our day in the time of Paul was addressing economic relationships in a household. And what did he say? What is the Christian landmine the Christian ethical landmine that that Paul places right in the middle of the economic structure of his day, be subject one to another. Why? Why should they be subject one to another? Out of reference for Christ. Now, I think this is sufficient evidence for me to announce that kingdom people, followers of Jesus, are expected to conduct their economic life as if they were already in the kingdom. That we need to know that everybody needs purpose. And God provides that for us. The scriptures talk about it. what's our purpose in life. We were created to be partners with God in creating shalom. But I also think it means that we need to pay a living wage if we are the ones who are employing others. I think we need to agitate in a non-kingdom world that work should work and people should receive pay. Now this isn't just theoretical with me. In 2011, um, Brenda was already back here and I had left Food for the Hungry the fall before Um, I was expecting some support from a church in Phoenix and a contract uh, with the government in Rwanda, and we launched a, a farm. None of that worked out. And so now I am a business owner. You may not have known that about me, but I own a farming business called the Sabbath Year Economic and Agricultural Development Company in Rwanda since 2011. We have not made any money. Don't feel sorry for me. I didn't expect it to make money, OK? What it has done is it's provided jobs. We paid a living wage to about 20% of the population on good months when we had harvest and we had other things to do. And it was fewer than that on other months. But when we started working there, uh, village of about 600 families. There were three businesses, two places they could buy beer and one place they could buy food. There was a market one day a week. There was no vehicle in the, in the village. It was a six-hour walk to the nearest hospital, an hour by, by road, but six hours. If you get bit by a black mamba, you've got 15 minutes. You're not going to make it either way. No public transportation. After, by, not, by 2014, our presence stimulated other businesses to come in, other people to invest in that community. And by 2014, there were 17 businesses in that community. There were seven people in the village that owned vehicles that were there t- from themselves and would be of community service and there was daily bus service from the main road kingdom people need to make a difference when work doesn't work now i'm not being political i'm being biblical Because this is the vision that launched our denomination. I think it's a vision not only that can launch a denomination, but it is a vision that can transform us. So at this time I remind you of Romans 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And our rarely have we ever considered the Bible speaking about economics directly. That's because we haven't paid attention. I haven't even dealt with some of the more specific passages. You and I have a responsibility as kingdom people to live like it and to encourage it to be lived everywhere else. This is a message for Labor Day weekend, where we remember all the work and all the jobs that make the things we eat, the things we consume, and the quality of our life possible. May we be grateful. More importantly, may we be proactive. We're going to sing, and as we do, I invite you to be reflective. To be reflective on how God has blessed us. If you have work, you are blessed. If you have a job, you're blessed. And if your work and your job are the same, you're just lucky. Because most people, that's not true. Let's stand. I invite you in a prayer for attitude to participate in this song and respond to the voice of God speaking to you this day. And when he does, Matthew says we are to be ready. To those who visited me in prison, he said, come to my right hand and then he turned to the others and he said you never did this for me and they said Lord when did we see you naked or when did we see you hungry or when did we see you in prison and you know his response you know it as well as I do he said when you did it unto the least of one of these you did it unto me that needs to be our watchword. You and I need to be finding the least of one of these because that's where Jesus has sent us. Let's pray. Lord, we've been in your house this morning. We've been in your presence. Your Spirit has spoken many different things to us. May we know as we leave this place that we've been in the company of like-minded people who not only care for you but care for each other. So may we find ways to extend our love for each other and those around us. And may we do it for the building of your kingdom and the spreading of your love. In Jesus' name we
0: pray, amen. You're dismissed.